Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Rizel and Ernest Furtado. These are, this is an amazing couple. When we first met them, it's, it's several years ago, Ernest mentioned that he'd already been following us and following Rockstar for like a decade and was kind of watching us from afar. He joined on, became a Rockstar Inner Circle member along with Rizel. They uh, sat on some hot seats that we do here at Rockstar where we put people at the front of the room and just get them to share some of the biggest challenges they have in their life. I feel like they went through this massive transformation over the brief time that we got to know them. And then earlier, I guess last year, so in the spring of last year, we kind of got word that they were selling everything in North America and going to just travel the world. They ended up in Portugal. The last picture I saw of them, they had two suitcases at the airport. They had sold all their goods. I learned on this podcast that Ernest sold the car, his car or their car on the day that they were flying out of the country. So when we talk about people living life on their terms, these are the examples that we love to share. So on this podcast, we have them zoom in from Portugal just to share their journey. Why did they leave Canada? Why did they sell all their belongings? What the heck are they doing over there in Portugal? How are they living? Where are they staying? What's going through their mind? Are they enjoying it? All this kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that really I feel gives all of us the perspective. And when before I quit my job, I would have loved to hear people like this share their own journey. So it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to share this kind of chat. So that's what we do on this particular episode. And listen, if you are listening to this and you want to figure out if real estate could be part of your own journey, and maybe it's not, like maybe it's not right for you, but if you want to figure out if it is or it isn't, and you're looking for some information, you can check out some reports and books and classes and videos and articles that we have, and they're all available on rockstarinnercircle.com. That's rockstarinnercircle.com. And the reason that we put them up there is when Nick and I were beginning, we couldn't find any Canadian information. And I'm sure it was out there, but it was not available to us and we were searching for it. So this is our way to give back and give some information to people who are looking for something. And again, it's not to convince anybody out there to invest in real estate. Real estate's definitely a crazy market. But if you feel it is right for you, you might want some information to help make that evaluation better, more clear and possible. So you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com for a ton of the information that we are sharing. That's it for this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Rizal and Ernest, and I don't even know where to start with you guys because you guys have the craziest. So you have one of the great, listen, we tell people about living life on their terms. You guys are fully living life on your terms. You seem to be the poster people for living life on your terms, which we love. But I got to, before we dive in, I know you're in downtown Lisbon right now, and you just said that you're, you want to get back to the beach. That reminds me so much of when Nick and I are in Croatia. Because when I'm at the beach, I just want to be at the beach. The pace is slower. My mind is turned off a little bit more. I can think. I can have my wine at lunch with my espresso. Then I can go pass out on the beach for a couple hours. Like it's glorious. Then when I have to go to the city for something and everyone's running around, even there, it's not as fast as North America, but even there, it's a little bit busy. You're just, you just kind of get amped up. And you're like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. So uh, that, that's where you guys are headed, right? Back to the beach. Just being near water. So, um, so to go back to our journey, it, the, the reason for being at the beach and we're like getting squirrely, everything here is in major lockdown, right? Sort of welcome to the world, it seems like the whole world is in lockdown somehow. So, you know, take out food if you're lucky, grocery store, drugstore, that's pretty much it. So when we were here in January, February of last year, we sort of scouting out what the opportunities were. Um, it was like, it was really busy. Like I thought it was insanely busy and people are saying, oh no, this is the off season. I'm going, really? <laughs> Where are you going to put more people? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you come here in the summer and it's like wall to wall. And I could see that now we've seen the, the Airbnbs and stuff. So, so we, we spent, you know, we've launched our business. We have to meet with accountants, lawyers, people, staff, yada, yada. So that's been sort of our business. We're, we're in the same business as you guys. We're in real estate and real estate investing. And, and so we're, we're, we're now nomad realtors, nomad real estate investors is really what it is. 
And, and that's the intention. You know, we've been very fortunate that uh, we've connected with a company that's growing globally. So, you know, we've opened our country almost every month now. There's a new country being opened. And so we, we just want to follow suit and go visiting those places. So why Portugal? So go back. Uh, my parents were Portuguese, uh, immigrated to Brazil where I was born, lived the first 10 years of my life in Brazil, Sao Paulo, moved to Toronto, Canada, and lived there for most of my adult life. You know, and there's a whole story around that, but I won't get into that. Six years ago, almost last weekend, uh, we went on our official first date. So on, you know, early February, and, and you know, and fast forward uh, to June the 7th of that year, we got married. <laughs> and, and our goal was um, in 2008, I had a sort of, you know, bit of a visionary, had this vision in my head, you know, how can I work from anywhere in the world? Right. So that was my goal. And then the other thing was, was my business partner at the time. I said, he said, I said, Mike, I want to work 24 seven. He goes, you work 24 seven now. I go, no, the new 24 seven. I want to work 24 hours a week, seven months of the year. If I never again in my life want to see snow. So when we started dating, I said, Hey, this is the, this is the gig. Okay. <laughs> so if you're in, we're good. If you're not in, then maybe I'm not the right person for you. So we came to this agreement and, uh, and we also came to the agreement as fast as possible. We'll work as, you know, as smartly as possible and hard to get to this financial freedom point, you know, cash flow, residual income and stuff like that. Uh, Rizal said, well, you know, real estate is your thing. But it's not really my thing. And I go, okay, whoa. <laughs> okay, <laughs> red light. <laughs> if real estate is not your thing, we don't have a thing. <laughs> Rizal was an employee. Yes. So Rizal had to... <laughs> And basically I said, you know, Rizal, I, I, you're welcome to, if you love what you're doing, if you truly love what you're doing, then I suggest that you can stay there, but you make real estate your thing. I think real estate should be everybody's thing. You know, like it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm on your it's side. Got a, yeah, it's got a good track record. It's got an <laughs> it's insane got a good track record. record. <laughs> but Rizal got into real estate. That was- Rizal was doing real estate on her own. I bought him, yeah, I bought and sold my own uh, houses, but I didn't consider that because it was my own, you know, private residence yeah. she was experience, but I did it yeah, without was, too much help. She was buying pre-construction homes and making good money, mm -hmm. you know, by the time the house was ready, she made good money, more than the average person buying resale, um, where we sort of, anyway, so that's how it all happened. We got together, we created this plan, this vision to, you know, to get out. We were both okay being on the beach somewhere warm. Right. And, and Ernest, just to be clear, you were in real estate as well. Can you just describe a little bit? What were you doing in Toronto in real estate? I've been in real estate since I was 21 years old. This is my 38th year as a realtor. And I got into it uh, because, you know, when, when I was 20 years old, I wanted to be a builder. Um, I've been in just, I love architecture. You know, if, if I was good in school, I would have been an architect. And thank God I wasn't good in school because I would want to sit behind the desk drafting all day. I'm not, not saying architects do that all the time, but that's what I thought I wanted to be. And then as I went along and, and, um, and it's, there's a story around that, you know, I started school in grade six and I quit in grade 10. So <laughs> I, I just, I was still, you know, learning how to say cat and dog in, in, in grade eight. So it, it, it was very difficult to learn the language. And so it, school, I was very good with numbers. I was very good in French. I could do, speak French better than I could speak English. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand. So you weren't, you weren't speaking English when you came to Canada? No, I was, oh, Brazil wow. is Portuguese. Yeah, I didn't speak three words of English. Oh, I, I didn't realize. And, and, and what was the age again that you came to Canada? I came at the age of 10. Yeah, that's tough. Okay, got it. Yeah, so it was, you know, so it's where, where people are, you know. Rizal, where, where were you born uh, again? Remind me. Some of Brazil. Uh, that, yeah, Ernest, that's yourself. And Rizal, where were you born? Oh, Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. Got it. Okay. 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 Keep going. Keep going, Ernest. Keep going. Take us through the journey here. Take us through the journey. Yeah. It's a, and basically wanted to be a builder and got into real estate, figured out, um, you know, doing work and construction and things like that, learning to do different things. I worked in a hardware store. I learned to buy materials to, you know, I knew all about the materials, how to buy it, how to order it, you know, started doing flip deals um, for other people. And then uh, one day I I was doing drafting. So, you know, somebody wanted a garage, if they wanted an extension to their, you know, in the Purchase community, if they wanted to make a wine cellar, <laughs> I could help you get a permit. <laughs> and so I was doing that kind of stuff. 
And then I, I started taking permit. You got permit. You got permits. So you were doing oh, things yeah. properly. You were no. doing things properly. The community that no. I grew up in permits. That's, what do you, that, that involves going to the government for something, Ernest? That's that. That's just. But that's just only make the wine busted, cellar. It only after they got busted. They didn't get busted. There was no permits. <laughs> I think I remember. I think I remember one story on my street where there's a family down the street. We got wind that some property tax guy, girl, was going to come through and check if you had finished your basement because your your taxes would then go up. And people were blocking their windows on our street so that nobody could see downstairs. You know, like this is just to give you where, like that's where I grew up. Like, oh my gosh, right? Like, don't look in our house. Don't worry, nothing to see here. But, uh, that was the yeah. Whole thing. Okay, so, so you, going to night school drafting, um, taking an upgrading drafting course, um, I used to drive. I drive. I didn't drive in those days. Are you kidding? I was in my teens. Uh, but anyways, I used to walk by this little tiny real estate office right next to Onstead, Bloor and and and, uh, and Bathurst. And I went to Central Tech for night school. Um, if everybody knows the neighborhood, anyways, uh, high school there at the night school. And one day I saw this salesman one sign. So I I sort of looked and you know very timid. Couldn't say, couldn't say boo to anybody, very, very introvert. Walked in and I asked the man, oh, can you tell me about the salesman job? And he's going, sit down, sit down, young man. What are you doing? Sit down. He goes, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I thought, hmm, I want to be a builder. And he says, you should get your real estate license. I go, real estate license? And I go, sir, <laughs> builder. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you've got to buy the land, build the house, sell the house. Why not make money on both ends and all three sides? I was like, hmm. Good idea. So five weeks later, I'm a realtor, didn't have a clue, didn't have any money. The 500 bucks it cost me for my real estate license back then, that was it. And um, and then there was a guy by the name of Raymond Aaron. Raymond Aaron's still around. Back then, he was uh, the, the Canadian version of No Money Down, right? So, you know, the late night TV, the Tom Vu and everybody else. So he was the Canadian version. He, he was teaching you, but I couldn't afford to go. So a friend of mine went, you know, made all the notes. And we came back and we shared all his notes and, and all the documentation. And I went out and bought my first house with no money down and bought the second house with no money down. So anyways, four years later, we owned a Sorry, on the no money down stuff, what you were doing v vendor take backs to do the no we money down? Doing whatever. Anybody who had cash, same, same thing we do now. So doing JVs with people, mm -hmm. you know, I'll do all the work. You put up the money, the down payment, you qualify for the mortgage and I'll take a piece of the action. So, you know, it was convincing mom and dad to support me and they did a little bit. And then, you know, the lawyer I used on my first deal thought I was nuts, but he loved me. So he got one of his investors to invest with me on my second deal. Uh, I had a dear friend of mine who I sold his investment property. His wife was a shopaholic. So he, he hit 10,000 bucks and said, okay, you can use it for a year and that kind of stuff. So it was just this buying and flipping properties. And God, I wish I, you know, we were buying properties like for 25,000, 50,000. This is Toronto. Right. So this was so when was so was this the twenty five thousand? Was this the seventies? This is in the early eighties, right? Early eighties, right? Okay, early eighties. But on on that point, isn't it amazing? Once you start taking action in an area, how the money starts showing up and the opportunities start showing. Isn't that crazy? crazy. Like you you just started going down that path and things started showing up for you. But keep, sorry, yeah. keep going, keep going. Yeah, like we were borrowing money at 14 percent, and that was a deal. Right? And it got worse. By the time we got to 1989, it, it was like, you know, 13% was a, if you got a first mortgage at 13 points, woo you're laughing. You know, I had second mortgages at 18. I had a third at 21 and we made the deals happen. So, you know, I, I could care less. If the numbers work, if the numbers work, it doesn't matter how it works. And um, anyway, so that's the whole thing. And then, you know, if I hired somebody, Jack of all trades, master of a few. But if I was hiring the plumber, hey, find me a deal. If I was hiring the roofer, hey, find me a deal. So they became my clients. And, and that's how my real estate career and most of my career has been, um, you know, infill, infill housing. I used to tell people if I go north of the 401, I get a nosebleed. So it's got to be south of the 401, right? You know, 427, Don Valley, 401. That's my grid. That's where I work. And people say, oh, there's no land here. I go, yeah, there's lots of land. You know, there's lots of shacks you knock down. So, you know, doing split lots, doing toppers, you know, bungalows to multi-level. And I always did, you know, I I took a duplex and made it into a fourplex in Hyde Park, you know, things like that. Basement apartment, you know, third floor loft, staircase off the back, whatever we did. So we, we did that whole thing. Recession came. I was told recession was coming. Like you guys are always telling us, you know, just be cautious. I'm like, 
the hell's a recession? I missed that class. Obviously, I didn't go to school that much. So, so uh, recession came and everybody's freaking out. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. It's, uh, you know, whatever, skyrocket, prices are dropping. I just ignored everybody. I just kept going. I just didn't know any better. You know, my stupidity was my saving grace. And I just kept going. Anyways. And on that point, I just, wanna, I just wanna call that out. Sometimes when you're naive about something, I'm not saying you were naive during that recession because you're talking about the recession of the early 90s. Is that the recession you're referring to? Yeah. I think sometimes- in 95, it was like- It was, oh geez. I think when you're naive to something and you don't have, I'm not saying you had a lot or a little, but if you don't have much to lose and you can, you can keep going and like, it doesn't matter. I think sometimes you get to a point in life where maybe you're older and there's more on the line for you. And you think you here, you want to protect yourself. You want to be aware of these things, but sometimes Nick and I are very grateful that we didn't even know what we were doing in business. When we started this in 2007, right? The financial crisis hit the US and everybody told us this business is wrong time to start, but we didn't know any better. And you make it work. And I feel like, I'm not saying you didn't know any better. You were obviously well-educated in the business. <laughs> no, but, 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 but so when we talk about recession, it's more just to be aware of economic changes. It's never to think or imply that there's not opportunity. And, and hearing you say that is a reminder for me to, to reiterate that point. It's more just, hey, be aware there's a shift here. And often that shift brings a ton of opportunity, a ton of opportunity. It's more just be aware of it. Our family at one point was, I don't want to, I guess ignorant is maybe not the right word, but we were, we didn't know that that kind of stuff could happen. We were over leveraged as a family caught us off guard. And we, we just got through that with the skin of our teeth. Yeah. And you're, 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 you as well. So uh, but so keep going. So you, you went through that period then you, the, the early nineties there that period survived it, you know, you know, it was, you know, pretty much a massive couple of mil didn't have a mortgage on a couple of cars on the police in Florida. You know, I, I went from like being broke, broke single to, you know, doing okay. You know, wife, two kids at the time and, and just figured it out, you know, just kept going and stuff like that. Fast forward later, three kids and an ex-wife later life started again. Um, looking after mom and dad and just kept going in the real estate business. It's been my career. I sort of focus on more has always been the commercial side, you know, the residential business, the, the residential realtor. I bow to those people because they think that, you know, oh, I can't do commercial. I can't do residential. So we're good. <laughs> you stay on your lane. I'll stay in my lane. We're good that way. Uh, you know, evenings and weekends became like, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. And typically, residential not that commercial realtors don't work evenings and weekends and seven o'clock in the morning to whatever but it, it just it was all more about numbers so on the investment side so i would say i'm, I'm an investment realtor a developer um and that's sort of been my game and so that's been a whole thing about going up and down and um sort of eight years on my own i decided that's enough enough you know i wanted to invest in, in a relationship um Rizal and I connected, and that's that's a whole other podcast for another, for another day. day. <laughs> Because that's a very unique and different story how we connected. But I got to uh, say, seeing you guys together, and you know, we haven't known each other too long, but we've known each other for a little bit of time, and just seeing you guys together, you could tell you guys have a really cool thing going on. So congratulations! Yeah. You know, from the outside, it's pretty obvious. So and the inside uh, is even better. So it's even. Yeah. I can honestly tell you, it's it's beyond my wildest dreams. It's fun. Yeah, cool, cool. Actually, you're making me real. Remember something? I think did did I. I think I remember at one of our, our, our events, I might have like yelled at you or something, Ernest. Did I? Was that you? If I did, I apologize. I'm having this flashback to like some- We started on the hot seat. Yeah, it was like, in the hot seat. Wait, you and I remember, and if I did, it was out of love. It was out oh, of yeah. love. But yeah. I remember saying, I can't even remember the discussion at this point to tell you the truth, but I just remember thinking, wow, these guys have so much opportunity in front of them. I don't even know if they see all the opportunity in front of them. Oh, and yeah. then that's where, Nick, that's where Nick and I just, it, it, it's like- you, yeah. Do you guys even know what you're capable of, you know? So, well, uh, I have to thank you because I mean, I was aware, us. especially for me, my, my hot seat theme was, you know, I'm really good at making millions for others. I suck at doing it for myself. I'm always much better at looking after other people's money than my own. And, and so, and that's been my journey, you know, taking this property, this property. And that's when you freak out. So I go crazy if I don't bring it here. <laughs> you're like, don't you see this? I said, yeah, I see it. But, you know, it's, it, it's like a bad habit. And so anyways, we connected. Uh, it's been an amazing journey. I would say from, you know, February the 9th, uh, 2015 until today, 
I don't think we've been apart more than a couple of weeks uh, in those journeys ever. Like we we're, we literally literally twenty four seven. So you know we we're best friends, we're business partners, and we work together. We have fun together. You know we we do know how we've learned in this almost six years now. It'll be June seventh. It'll be six years. You know, we, we know when we all need a little space. Rizal needs a lot more space than I do. I'm, I'm good with everybody anytime. So, you know, party, go, let's go. I'm like Rizal sometimes. I need to check out sometimes. I need my space, yeah. you know? Hey, yeah. let's, I love, like, I love being together and stuff, but give me, give me a little time. Give me some yeah. time here. I want to, I want to read a book. I want to think. I want to just reflect. <laughs> I don't know what it is, yeah. but so, so, so take it. And, and, and I don't want to skip anything. So tell me if I am, but I, the, no. I remember speaking to you guys, I feel like a couple of years ago, I don't know when it was exactly. And you were going to do a development or you were looking at some project. And then I feel like the next thing I know, you're like, oh, great news. We sold everything. And there's a picture of some suitcases. And you're like, we're leaving, we're leaving and we're going to Portugal and we're gone forever. Well, like yeah. what can, so if I'm skipping well, something, tell me, up, but you, so yeah, but, okay. I, yeah. Take us to, take it to that point because that, that so, was, that was crazy. In yeah, a good way. In a good way. Thing, it's not my thing. And and so, you know, I had a very wise mentor. He says, Ernest, never coach your wife, right? And 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 so when Rizal wanted to get involved, and she said, you know, oh, I want to buy a little house, you know, maybe there we'll start there. And I said, honey, you know what? That's great. You do that. I've been there, done that. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. But until you figure that out, you know, that's where you're comfortable or whatever. And, and said, okay, so tell me, I said, no, I know these two great guys. I've been following them. I followed you guys from when you were in your closet, when Rockstar was a closet, right? So, <laughs> and, and sort of just watching you guys, you know, and I've always admired you from afar, you know, and I said, you know, these guys, out of, I would say out of every, you know, how to investment club, because that's all they tell you, how to, you know, be it, I'm not going to mention names, but you guys could figure it out. There's a lot of how to's. You know, you guys not only did the how-to, but here's the product. And I always thought that was genius, you know, because that makes the most sense. You know, it's not like, you know, here's the how-to. It's 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 like it's like university. You know, I'm I'm a Robert Kiyosaki is like, forget that, you know, get the education, go, you know, here, here's the shovel, here's the hammer, figure it out, right? If you need a book, it ain't gonna happen, right? Be hands-on. And so admire that. And I said, Rizal, you know what? I'd highly recommend you go, let's go to these guys. Ah, so I went with her first course and, and she's like, oh, should I join? I said, if you don't join, I am. <laughs> They'll let me join, I'm joining. Um, and then that's how it started. She started watching you guys yeah. and watching what we were doing in our group and watching what you guys were doing. And, you know, and our coach was saying, okay, you know, we're kind of looking for something a little bigger. You know, it's like if you have, if you come across an eight, 12, 24 unit, maybe that's something we'd be interested in. Um, and so we've been in that conversation and resolved learn from you guys, you know, mm -hmm. because it's, it's like children, right? You know, Tom, it's like, you know, your kids will listen to me before they listen to you. <laughs> and we did the same thing to our parents. And I think wives and husbands sort of, there's oh, a good thing. To it goes do between thing. brothers too. Sometimes when I have what I know is a great idea, I tell someone else to tell Nick. <laughs> my strategies this is the first time i'm revealing this by the way nick doesn't know this i'm like hey psst, tell nick this and then nick will come in my office hey i thought about this we should probably do this i'm like oh my gosh that's brilliant yeah let's do that <laughs> don't tell him i said that don't tell him <laughs> anyway keep yeah got it but i told so, so i totally you understand guys help me out <laughs> yeah big time and um so basically Rizal wanted to start small so i started her on a $3 million deals, 14 units, which is now 16 units. That's not, that was, uh, you know, her small start. And uh, when we talked to you guys about there's an opportunity, it's in a phenomenal location in the junction in Toronto, you know, High Park Junction. And um, literally, you know, the, the train and the GO train and the UP is in our backyard, right? The platform is really in our backyard. We're on Dundas Street. And so there's an opportunity there. There's some massive development going on there. Like, uh, Loblaws owns the, the one corner. You know, it's, it's going to be a new city. That whole West End, there's so many things. Bloor and, and Dufferin, Galleria Mall, DuPont and Dufferin, Bloor and, and, and Dundas, and, and just like mega little cities being built within the core. So we stayed there. And, um, and then this opportunity came about. You know, our company that I'm part of, I'm part of a real estate brokerage who's going international. We talked about being international. When I joined them in 2017, 
was always about creating the commercial division. I'm, I'm always the guy that helped to support, create a, if you guys want a commercial division, I can, I can give you some ideas. <laughs> and uh, so that's been the, you know, I did that with, um, I was so excited when LePage got back their commercial because they had sold off that arm at one point and they had an uncompeting clause for many years. So probably page cut their stuff back. You know, small brokerages around, we helped to do that. I did that with KW, which KW Commercial, I was part of the founders there and, and part of the founding through, through, through XP Commercial now. And, and always talking about international, you know. So this has been our journey, you know, buying and flipping. And so results sort of went through learning how to manage properties, learning how to deal with an asset management, you know, which mm -hmm. is really what my main focus you know, and uh, dealing with the accountant, dealing with the trades, dealing with the whole stuff. And so it was the good thing. It was, you know, 16 doors, but all under one roof. So it's not like we had 16 furnaces and stuff like that. You know, uh, we had 16 air conditioning units, but it's a whole different story. But it's sort of been that and dealing with tenants and being a landlord and, you know, sort of allowing her, you know, just sort of just like a parent, you sort of watch the kid, right? They get on the bike give them the little training wheels and you sort of take it off. Okay. You're on your own now. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fall. Okay. You come back. Okay. You're gone again. <laughs> anyway, she, she's now riding on her own. She can figure that out. And we thought about selling the building and I have to thank you guys because, you know, talked about assets and holding on to stuff. And, you know, so, you know, well, maybe this, this is going to pop up. Right? Anyway, so we, we milked as much as we could out of that building. We're basically taking all our money out. We're sitting on some cash for the next deal, you know, and I've been waiting for this recession for 20 years <laughs> because when we hit bottom in 1995, you know, yeah. it was like five years to the next recession. It never really came. Never came. It never came. You know, we had a, six some, a, a good, a good friend told me in 1998, get ready. Property prices have gone up for like two years now. Like get mm -hmm. ready. They're about to come down. <laughs> right. That was like, that was like 23 years ago. Yeah. Right? yeah yeah and so that's been our journey right and you know 2008 there was that six month blip you know the whole world's having a meltdown the states is having a meltdown europe had a meltdown we were we were under this bubble canada mm -hmm. is, is a we were truly blessed and so we're not you know it's not that we don't love canada we love canada we just mm -hmm. don't love winter in canada you know we're, we're not winter people you know i don't like ice in my drinks man. so that's uh, so there you go <laughs> Um, so that's became that. And then, um, you know, and then we were here in January, February, and this COVID thing was already hitting here fast and furious. And when we got back to Canada, we just walked in. Nobody's like, COVID, what? What? No, no Corona. Like, what do you We just walked right in. And then um, we basically went home, did laundry, repacked, and went off to Vegas for 10 days because we went to the Uncle G and the 10x and uh so we hung out there for a little bit and then when we came back that time so by the time we came back in march it was like everybody's wearing masks and the gloves and the distancing all that stuff and then anyways all of that stuff and then we you know we were listening to a lot of the you know stuff that we were doing some of the experience i had and i sent the result you know this might be a good time to cash up you know <laughs> You know, yeah. prices are going crazy. We had so. some issues with our um, the home that we were living in. Mm. I purchased it before I met Ernest, and it was delayed two years, a bit over two years. Mm. Bad build, multiple leaks. So from 2017 to 2019, um, we actually had to get out of the home. Like the builder had to put us up in hotels several times. Five times. Yeah. Five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is the interesting thing. This is where, um, you know, sometimes your, your, your journey and your destiny comes, you know, comes together. Every The first time we left, I think we were there for about six weeks or something like that, living in the hotel. I remember walking in, I remember saying, I could live in a space like this. We like, went to a, you know, a, like a Homewood Suites, a home Hilton Homewood Suites. Yeah, so we had a sweet little kitchen, little, you know, one room. And we thought, you know, we're, this is nice. This is okay. We can live in here. This is the two of us, you know, I mean, and we, and, and in those five journeys, you know, five times we went back and forth and living in those small spaces. And we thought it kind of gave us a training to how we're living now. So how we're, yeah. It was this a prerequisite for living the way that we're living now. And during that time as well, because, not just because of the leaks, but there was something driving me to 
make our lives virtual. So everything scanned, everything, you know, accessible for travel wherever we wanted to go. Um, so when this decision was made, we, we had actually planned, we do, you know, we vision and we set goals for each year. And we knew that in 2020, we were going to sell that house, but we were thinking it would be in the fall. This is pre-COVID. When you had the May, when Rockstar had that May, um, I think it was the probably, last, for the, probably the, the last event, the we VIP, did the, the big event that we did together. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that was right before the lockdowns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So between there and there was um, one of your, um, I think it was a VIP podcast. The decision was made. I was kind of waiting. Like he said, you know, it's it's probably time to sell. Something you said triggered me to tell him yes. Like I was kind of waiting on an answer. And something in the economic update, it's like, yes, this is a strong seller's market. Let's get out now. So that's why we sold the home. Again, it had to come from you, not from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Rizal, what, what I have not told you is Ernest actually told me to say something specifically right. that I put onto one of the slides. <laughs> But it was like he didn't. He, did, he didn't. He didn't. For the record, he did not. He did not. Yeah, I was listening very carefully. So we we spent the next week and a half pitching, purging, you know, getting rid of selling, and um, we knew that we were going to return to Portugal. Even in the lockdown, we didn't know when. So we also knew that we didn't want to keep anything that we had. Like why pay for storage? You know, we can always get things back. You know, whatever that looks like. Not a, detaching from everything. Um, yeah, a week and a half, we put the house up for sale and it sold pretty much overnight, the buyer came. N nothing that's not happening now. Yeah. Right? I mean, so we, yeah. we listed it right on the market, whatever. I mean, could have, we waited now and make another 10, 20,000 possibly, but it could have went the other way around. We didn't know. And sure. Oh my gosh. And you, you, everything we do is to live. You're yeah. not trying to maximize every moment and stress yourself out. I mean, I, I sometimes I, I think I, you know, I find myself reminding some people around us that like, you got to live, like you have to live We're everything we're doing is to live, not to maximize every dollar at all times in every specific spot. You know, there are times for that, but there are also times to go and do what you want to do and, and, right. and, and sell an asset to go and live. Right. I think, I think sometimes yeah, people think forget that. <laughs> and, and this is where, you know, I call it the financial freedom point. Because otherwise you're always, you know, oh, when I get here, then I'll be okay. Then you get there and it's like, no, I need, when I get here, then I'll be okay. And it's like, you're always chasing, it's like the carrot, right? It's never, you could see it, but it's never there. And so for us, we said, no, no, we're going to come back. We knew exactly, it's okay, if we create a budget, we need to make this much money and we're good. You know, if we have this much of money working for us or equity or cash flow, mm -hmm. and that would be our minimum, right? But not like living like her, like we we eat what we want, we go what we want, we do what we want. It's like, you know, technically, you know, I don't believe in retirement. We're both good that mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, I tell my kids, you know, dad's going to retire when you put me in the box, right? <laughs> Until I can crawl or do whatever, it's going to be real estate doing something. But, um, but it's not about the money anymore. Now it's about, you know, opportunities and, and, and love what you guys do. You know, not only do you look after your families, but you, you guys are a blessing to so many people, yeah. you know, and I don't, you know, it's not, it's amazing what you guys have done. So congratulations and thank you. Um, thank and you. Just no, Ernest, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, Nick and I just feel like we're just doing, you know, earlier when you said we have the product, we're, we're, we're explaining how to do things and we have the product that comes just from frustration, just so you know, because we were probably <laughs> like you, we were reading books and we were like, where are the people that are going to help us do these things. And, and, and as crazy as this thought sounds, one day I literally said to myself, I guess me and Nick are going to have to be those people. Right. <laughs> as, like that. I know that sounds really ludicrous to say, and it's almost like it was just because like, I think this is needed and we'll take the responsibility because I felt at the time, nobody wanted to take the responsibility of saying, here's how you do it. And here's, we'll take your hand. And yes, we'll say that property, thumbs up to that property, and it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, come talk to us and we'll figure it out together. And for us, I felt like nobody wanted to own that responsibility. Nobody wanted to own it. And we thought, fine, you know what? Screw it. We'll own it. 
Yeah. And that's maybe just being naive or earnest and resilient. Maybe that was just coming from a place of being naive, right? No. But that's where it comes from. But I want to get back to your, I want to get back to, to your journey there. So, right. so keep Anyway, so we spent the summer um, living in our building that we owned. That was a great experience, actually. Um, that made me feel very um, proud of making the decision to buy that property. Because I was terrified in the beginning. I just left, you know, employee <laughs> lifestyle. What the heck am I doing buying a building for over $3 million? Like, are you nuts? <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then the time came for us to, you know, fly over the Atlantic for the reason why we're here, which was to launch this um, part of EXP Realty in Portugal. Um, and we just happened, like, talk about intention. Things were shutting down, you know, COVID was spreading. And we just slid in and then they shut um the borders i guess in portugal well, we, two days we were after. checking the news every day yeah so we land we get here like at 5 a.m we get to the to the gate and the dude says what are you doing here? what are you doing here he goes well we just you know we'll just come and check out the place we we're thinking of doing some investment he goes you can't come in so what do you mean you can't come in <laughs> and he said we're not open to we're, tourists. we're not open to tourists like, didn't you get the memo all right? of the website <laughs> said they were still open this, I, I don't know what's uh, anyways we we had this moment where like we're looking at each other going hmm Okay. And he goes, okay, so when do you fly home? He said, we don't fly home. We don't, we came on a one-way ticket. (laughs) And he goes, what? What? He goes, okay, just go, just go, get out of here. (laughs) I don't want to deal with you guys. It's too early in the morning for this shit. (laughs) So we walked in, we looked at each other and go, okay, we're in. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, so that's, but that's been, Part of our, you know, you know, for the people listening, I, I, I truly believe, you know, when you're very clear in your intention, it's amazing what opens up. Yeah. You know, just be very clear what it is that you want to create, and this is what I'm talking about—the financial freedom point. And you know, and for us, when when we did our budget originally, we thought, man, we got to make a lot of money to live this style. Then we realized, and it's like, that's because we have all of this stuff. You know, if we have two cars, then we have two insurance bills and two this and da da da. You know, in, in the house and, and the bills and, and it's got this bigger house. And, and anyways, it just became there's just the two of us. We want to travel. I don't want to be traveling, spending like we've been here four months now. You know, imagine having to worry about um, you know, paying bills at home and, and the, house the at furnace home working and, the car and, yeah. and all this stuff and the car sitting there doing nothing. We sold our car the day um, we left. The day we left. I, I dropped it off the morning, got a check from the dude and went to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a talk about intention right otherwise the car would have sat in my friend's lot until somebody bought it but it, it was just that freedom it was just i can't tell you nick how freeing it is not to have stuff right we, we have four suitcases we came here two each my golf bag and 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 now we realize shit we could have came here with two suitcases yeah we didn't need each. all this stuff you have more clothes than we need because for the most part you know it's whatever and so that's been the journey. Uh, we're excited. Uh, we love listening to you guys. You know, where, where did you when, when you landed in Portugal? Where was your first stop? Like you had somewhere to stay that first Lisbon, night. Lisbon hotels. Yeah, Lisbon hotels. Okay, hotels. And then from Lisbon, you went out because I feel like I've been seeing pictures on different beautiful beaches and stuff from Lisbon. Then out just to random places on the coast. In the south coast, in Algarve region. Algarve is a region. It, it's you know, and there's all these. So if you know the Portugal, southern border of Portugal is probably a 1,500 kilometer, um, maybe 1,500 is that much? Maybe that's not too much. Yeah. No, it's not 1,500 kilometers. I apologize. Anyway, it's a stretch of 150 kilometer border in the south, you know, as opposed to 1,500 kilometer north and south. Um, and so that, um, that, there's a bunch of beaches. So we went, as soon as we got, take care of business here. And, and then it was Rizal's birthday a couple of days and she's been, she somehow, I, it's a, that's another long story, but she, she got, she got cut. I think it was you, you guys. It was you actually. It was you. It's like you said <laughs> Formula One. Formula One. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My head. You, got, you got caught on this series yeah. on Netflix. Don't you get sucked into that? Oh and my! She got that's right. I forget it. seeing. I forgot about that. Seeing the pictures of you guys at the Formula One. It changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Formula One, like in. Rizelle, I did never would expect to hear this coming from you. Why did it change your life? Just you know what? Just not even what I saw on Netflix because I was watching Formula One through the eyes of what a team is. Yeah. 
Oh my, and I learned the lessons things, learned the lessons are so learned, cool, right? So cool. Which I knew when I actually mm. managed people, like it just blew my mind on so many levels. But not just that, I'm in a mastermind now, and the first bit of homework I had was about Formula One. It was so fantastic to have a live experience of Formula One. Like there were things in there that I had to explain, and I was asked to stop living my life like a Formula One driver. Fast, awesome. you know. So, you know what, what do you buy your wife for her birthday in a country <laughs> where you're not becoming minimalist? You know, the last thing she wants. I don't want a Ferrari. Ferrari. A Ferrari. It's obvious. No, I don't, I don't even Fer- want. <laughs> so, yeah, a Ferrari sticker. A Ferrari sticker. No, Maybe that's the like prime seats of Formula One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. over the moon. Oh I couldn't my believe God, you got that life. Yeah. You know, aren't experiences really what life is about? Really. Yeah. Like, do you want the car? Like, that said so well. Do you really want the Ferrari and the, everything goes with the Ferrari? I personally don't. But you, to go to the, that Formula One race, you know, look, now that you guys have, you know, been removed from the day-to-day of, of what you were doing in North America and you're Portugal and you can reflect back, how, how are you looking at life? Because I know the fir- very first time over 10 years ago when we went away for a month, to Croatia with the family. I remember coming back to the Toronto area and we had already started this business. And I remember seeing everybody running around. We were much smaller then, but we're seeing, and especially different in the real estate industry, you know, everyone's just running around, mortgage people freaking out, bankers freaking out, everybody's freaking out. And I remember thinking, what's everybody's problem? Like, why, what's everybody's problem here? Like, why is everyone freaking out? Just slow down, like chill out. And I had never really had that, but I think I was on the beach. I was literally on the beach for a month where everything takes, like for myself and my cousin to go to the bank and come back, I would tell Carol, hey, we're going to go to the bank and come back. In Toronto, that takes 30 minutes. We'd be gone the whole day. He would see somebody he knows in the cafe. We're having a two-hour coffee there. Then we get to the bank. Oh, they're closed because they're all having lunch. So, okay, we'll go to the market over here. See this guy. We come back. I'm I'm texting Carol. I'm like, Carol, (laughs) all we did today was go to the bank. That's all we did. (laughs) Do you you know what I mean? That was the whole day. That was the whole day. We barely got back in time for like to eat dinner. You know what I mean? And we left in the morning. And so, you know, that carried through when I came back here, just thinking, why is everybody losing it so much? Why is everyone freaking out? Are, you guys have, must have experienced this now. And now well, that you're in Lisbon, maybe you're being reminded of the speed of the city. What are some of the thoughts? I'm just curious, like what's some of your thinking? What comes to mind when I say that? Well, I think you said it, Nick, you know, I Ernest, you're, you're, you're calling me Nick. That's my younger brother. Uh, no, yeah. don't worry. No, if it was any other name, no, I'm joking. I love my brother. What can I say? <laughs> and everybody does that, Ernest. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just kidding. But go, yeah, go, go on. I'm curious. I'm curious. No, I, what I notice is, you know, and for people who's never experienced, and you guys obviously have, because you used to summer here and you're as a child and you've always experienced a little bit of it, you know, here people, they don't live to work. They work to live. You know, they're okay doing their nine to five and then they go to dinner. You know, they have lunch at two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Dinner's like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. You know, they go to the cafe. It's like, okay, go to the bank. You're lining up for 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, okay, no big deal. You know, you're reading the paper, whatever. You know, I, me, I've been sort of in the chill side, but when it comes to the business side, I'm like, okay, come on. What do you mean it takes five hours to do this? It takes should take five minutes. Just press the button, press the button. And they're like, what's wrong with you, dude? Chill out. Go have a coffee. Come back. I remember when we were here in, um, oh, just this is a prime example. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I had to go to a meeting. So I went to this cafe and everybody's sitting at the cafe or whatever. I said, listen, can I have a coffee to go? And he goes, what? He goes, <laughs> I need a coffee. You know, can I That's, that's blasphemy. How dare you ask that? Right? <laughs> the dude says... He says, dude, you don't have five minutes to drink a cup of coffee? Like, really? What are you doing? Is somebody dying? Are you a surgeon? <laughs> and I'm like, I have to go to the next appointment, but I really need a cup of coffee. So he goes out and get a plastic cup, you know, that they serve beer in for the patio outside. He puts saran wrap on top. Goes, there you go. <laughs> so anyways, I think that sort of nails it in the head. You know, people here, they, they you know, they have their coffee, you know, lunches, an hour minimum, you know, dinner, you, you get, you go to a dinner, you go to a restaurant to sit down and have a meal. They're not trying to, you know, you want your check, you want your check, here's your check. They don't ever ask, you, you got to beg for your check. 
otherwise they leave you alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that table's yours for the night, you know. So it's um, at least it, that's it been our it, it, hearing you say that. It's like I remember seeing a meeting with uh, Carol's, my wife's relatives, uh, are in, some of them are still in Florence, in Italy. And when we were stopping in and we were stopping in off uh, this one visit was just off a cruise ship that had stopped in, I think, Livorno. And we took a, a, a like a van over to Florence and we're visiting them, them there. And we stayed overnight, actually, in a church that had been converted to like a hotel. It was like the most beautiful. Yeah, it was crazy right in the heart of Florence. And the next day we only had a certain amount of hours and we had to get back because the cruise ship is going to like leave. Right. And we're on the cruise ship for another 10 days. Like we got to We got to get back to the cruise ship. Right. So we're going in and the kids are getting hungry and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm asking Carol's relatives out there. I'm like, can we get some pizza? To, and, you know, can we get a pizza slice? Like, can we get a, like a slice of pizza? You know, like North American style, like a slice of pizza just to go. The horror that came over their face. They said, if we go to our friend's restaurant there and ask him to quickly make a pizza so you can have a slice and eat it while you're walking, you're going to eat the pizza while you're walking? I go, yeah, because we got to walk back to this van. We go, no, 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 no. Then you're not going to eat. You don't eat while you're walking. You know, <laughs> they were just, they were so like, they were just so disgusted with the th the idea that anyone related to them would be seen eating a piece of pizza <laughs> while they walk. Right. And I just thought, oh my gosh, man. Like, and it kind of, I, I, I kind of thought they were crazy for a little bit, but then I thought, man, we're like, yeah, we're so wound up, you know, like yeah. we're so wound up on this kind of schedule. So that, that's cool. I wonder yeah. if you'll, I wonder where this will, will head for you and your, your own thinking. And I think so many of us wait for the right time to live life on our own terms or whatever you want to call it and define it, you know, and it's, what's cool about you guys is you guys just, you're like, okay, now's the right time. We're doing it. There's no goal because the goal marker always changes. Like you're saying, Ernest and Rizal, it always changes that financial freedom thing that you guys, it always, it's, 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 exact, it's exactly what you say. I will one more property, two more properties, eight more properties, this much equity, this much cash flow. And you guys are just out there do, doing it. And so can you see yourself now? Stay, will you stay in Portugal developing now this new business here? Or will you move to other, what, what, what's, what do you, what do you, what's the plan? Or what comes to mind now? We open Italy at the end of March. So as soon as we can get across the border, we're, we're going to pop over. Uh, France opened a week after we did. We haven't been able to. So your there. role is opening these now, co the commercial side? No, not the commercial side yet, because uh, we're, we're, the commercial side took three years to happen. <laughs> this global launch has been whatever. So we open full commercial brokerage. You be commercial is fully operational as a company in October of uh, first of last year. So that took a little bit longer um, because it didn't make any sense. You know, it's, it's imagine it's like, you're so busy in your business as hey Tom, let's do a commercial business. Yeah. Sure. There's so much opportunity with what you're doing. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, got it. Okay. So, so you're opening up the, the residential side in these different countries. Well, I mean, it, it's here. It's, there's no such thing as residential commercial here. You sell chickens, you sell eggs, you sell real estate, you sell whatever, you sell your whatever you got to do. Right. When, when I did the, the, the study for Portugal, you know, I went back to the team. And said, so Ernest, how many realtors in Portugal? Well, about 10,900,000. The guy goes, what? I said, dude, everybody's a realtor. You know, and yeah. the barber and the beauty salon lady, they're the top earners, right? They know everybody and they're connecting. Oh, you want to sell? Hey, he wants to buy. Hey, you got to give me a little something, right? You know, no problem. So it's, it's that kind of, you know, I, I would say probably 40% of the deals get done through realtors. The other 40% gets done by the owner themselves and maybe 20, 30% gets done from somebody who knows somebody, mm -hmm. somebody in the middle privately, right? We get Who's still taking a cut. I mean, that's what I saw in Croatia as well, that, you know, individuals just, Hey, I'm referring this guy, you kick me back this. And it's not said as a negative. It's said as like, Hey man, like I'm bringing this guy to you. Just that's just how business is done. Yeah, in North right? America, you go to jail for giving somebody a referral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, you have to have a real estate license. Oh, there you ask me. That's why I was shocked in dealing with people over there. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're going to introduce me? And I at first thought like this was maybe not criminals, maybe too aggressive a word, but I'm like, are these guys like some kind of shysters here? Like, what, 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 what am I, who's like, what, is someone, someone's screwing me here and I don't get it. But then I came to know, I'm like, oh, that's just how business is done here. You know, like I'm going to refer you over, you give me this in return. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. I, I see.
It's a, it's a little less, I don't know if it's regulated is the right word, but it's kind of a little less regulated. No regulated. No, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. I'm a realtor She's here. She's a realtor here. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a tax number. They just, exactly. they just need to make sure that you get their taxes. That's all. They so, is, so is that how it is? If you are, have a tax number and you, you can go and accept uh, com- I don't know, commission or payment for doing real estate deals. You land here, you open up a company, you it's register, you, you get your tax number. You have 90 days to make business and then you can leave for a day, come back and you get another 90 days. And, and you can operate, and but they they track you. Man. They track you by your tax you know, It's I think somebody said, I don't know if it was in your interview or another interview, you know, these little countries, they could be as backwards as they want, but collecting taxes. They know how to do it. They're number one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they're the best. <laughs> you know, you can't cross the street. You, you have a receipt. You want to buy something. Your receipt, they always ask you for your tax number. If your tax number is not on that receipt, it ain't happening. You can't have a right. And the moment they enter the tax number, guess where that goes? That goes right into the red. They already know. Don't worry, you lose your receipt. We got it. <laughs> the government has a copy. They already have a copy of it. So, they know. so for, for what type of transactions do you have to give your tax number? Groceries. So <laughs> when you check out at groceries, you give the tax number so yeah, they, they can see. If you're buying certain number. things that are taxable, like you could like if I'm buying toilet paper for the office, you know, I'm buying water for the office, right? The, I need a tax number, right? And so then it goes to, but you know, let's say I bought water for and about bubble gum. So does it make for a more simple tax return then? (laughs) What? (laughs) Does it make for a more simple tax return or more complicated? Like at the end of a year, is everything just automatically then just recorded? So it's a little easier or is it still just a mess? You still have to go through the whole thing. And here the accountant has to, you have to do your books monthly, monthly, or you get penalized. So it keeps you more efficient. Yeah, you got no choice. <laughs> so you're either really underground and doing it, and obviously there's that happening as well. But uh, you know, if you, yeah, you know, survival. This is the survival mode under there. But you know, you can't do big business. You can't do large transactions. You know, everything's tracked. Though. They know everything. Do, do you wish you would have done something like you're doing even earlier, or is now the right time? When you did it, was the right time? So when I met Brazil and I, we, we, we created a, which is our personal email address, which is reversion2025, right? So Rizal Ernest, real estate vision 2025. So we set a goal for 10 years. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, we were going to start this journey. And then um, we just decided to accelerate it, you know, as we went forward. I said, okay, what do we need to do to start this year? And, and so last year, in the spring, I said, I'm done. This is my last winter. I don't care. I don't care if I got to go, you know, dig holes somewhere in Nicaragua, whatever. I am not spending more winters here. And so we figured it out, you yeah. know, and, and COVID helped and, and having, you know, a virtual real estate company has helped because, you know, you know yourself, you got bricks and mortar and this and that and all the stuff that you guys have. And, and that was the blessing with being our, with our company. Like we don't have bricks and mortar. We've been virtual 11 years. Everything is on the phone or, or apps. You know, that's how they run their operation. And uh, so that's been really good. So that is a side. And then we're doing investments. You know, we, we're looking at these opportunities because, you know, Toronto to find, you know, gosh, if you say, hey, I got a six cap somewhere, you have a thousand people jump on you. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's impossible. I remember back in the day, we used to go to Hamilton and find 14 caps, 15 caps, right? You got to go there with a, you know, the baseball bat and, and, and a gun or something, but you, you get those deals. Um, and here, this crazy opportunity, they don't, bro, a little secret, they don't know about leverage. Yeah. <laughs> when I told them, I said, well, what about if the guy does a vendor take back? What the hell is that? Is that legal? You can't do a vendor take back. This, no, you can't do that. I said, okay, what about private money? What do you mean private money? You got to go to the bank. You got to go to the bank. You know, you got to put 25, 30% down. I said, well, what about if I put 5% down, I get the vendor to take back 20 points. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) What? No, you can't get. So do you think there's an opportunity to do some deals like that there with the, with the banks funding the rest of it? Oh, wow. Good for you guys. And the tax. So the tax advantages, we went to a gentleman yesterday. 40 something, oh God, how many square feet was that? Oh, it's meters, so I don't know. Sure. Or lots, lots, 400, 500,000 square feet yeah. of warehousing, factory, blah, blah, blah. 
And the gentleman, he's, he's 84 years old, and, but he's planning that he's going to retire when he hits 100. He still works <laughs> six days a week, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, and he's paid this stuff off like 50 years ago. And so it's going to be one heavy tax bill because, you know, court, you know, capital gain and da, 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 and all that stuff. And so we told him about take back a mortgage, you know, give it to the family trust, whatever. Dude, this guy, I thought he was going to start getting up at 84 and doing a little dance because he was like, okay, I got to talk to my accountant. <laughs> I got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So he's now made it, you know, almost impossible deal, very possible. You know, because, you know, because now somebody can get in. Um, and then he tells me about his larger factory in uh, Mozambique, Mozambique and the larger one in Angola. Because <laughs> these are all former Portuguese colonies and, you know, the Portuguese own sort of the west coast of Africa at one time. And so anyway, so there's lots of businesses down there. So there's lots of opportunities. And, you know, we, we joked about, you know, we would see these ruins. I think we, you saw a little video one time, this dilapidated stuff. But if you which have looked one, beautiful, which looked beautiful to me, yeah, <laughs> to me, people we're like, are doing yes. things with it, yeah. But the, the moment you have one of those in your in your piece of land, you can redevelop. If you don't have a ruin, you know, uh, 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 you know, five rocks that were a former foundation of something, then you can't build. You know, it's now agricultural land, and to get it rezoned or anything, so you just you know you go borrow some of the guy's foundation next door, put it there, look, it's there. But they know, they, they know. somehow they know, I have no idea. But so those are opportunities. And then here in Lisbon, you'll see these beautiful buildings done, done. And, and there's every street, my friend, there's like at least a dozen abandoned buildings, beautiful buildings, just abandoned because, you know, great grandpa, you know, left it for the kids. And then the kids, because here everybody emigrates out. Yeah, the kids know. are not here. You know, so the building just sits. They just say, you know, if all the Portuguese came back home, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're spread out like thin, right? So it would be millions of people live outside. And then somehow the, the bureaucracy, they didn't have a document. There's no deed. And how do you trace it? And, you know, doing an estate sale here is a, it's a big to-do because you got to track it back and mm. you got to get it and somebody's got a sign and you got to prove, you know, my great grandfather owned that. Yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff in Europe. It gets crazy because you're going back generations. Like in North America, it's made me appreciate some of the, some positives of the North American real estate market. I'm like, oh, it's so simple here. You know, you change title, buy some title insurance. If you think something's at risk and you're good to go, where is it there? They're like, well, to sell you that property, I have to go check this person. I think the grandchildren are in Sweden and, you know, there might be somebody over here. And I'm like, holy, this is, this is, we're talking a five year journey to figure out if this land's available for sale right so well, grandpa owned 10 acres he had 10 kids he gave each one an acre they created their own fence built their own little house on the acre and there's there's no deed there's like whatever it goes back to grandpa's 10 acres that's what they can develop but meanwhile junior sold it to his cousin's friend's brother and now he's living there he paid the cash the other guy's gone and it's like it's my house <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, you guys have a lot of work. There's a lot of opportunity in that mess. There's a lot of opportunity. So, and it's okay. So, you know, we're, we're in on no rush. You know, we thank you guys. Uh, you know, we've been, you know, we've been getting into the crypto. We got a little bit of metal ourselves. So we couldn't haul our metal in our suitcase because we need another, you know, that we had a lot, but it's heavy. <laughs> And so it's we figured it out. So it's buried there. We got some GPS in Canada. Oh, whoa. whoa, I didn't know there was some GPS in Canada coordinates that we need yeah, to This is great. Okay, we're soon going to cover the world. Yeah. With the, with the, with the, with the, the away back home as well. So, but we like this, you know, we like this, uh, you know, electric gold or whatever you want to call it. That, that's making a yeah. lot more sense. You know, it does talking. for the life you're living in and for what it offers, it's a little more convenient. Right, it's a little, little more convenient than burying some stuff in the ground. And kind of the, I wanted to just add this piece, kind of with the rock star model, because it's not just the real estate. Remember, I think I shared with you and Nick. What I love is the other things that you also offer, like phenom high performance medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, things about estate planning. To live life like this on these terms, the estate planning piece is a big piece. Big. You, like to me, I could not leave Canada without having that in place. Cool. on so many levels to have that peace of mind mm-hmm. anything happens wills you know estate planning the all of the insurances 
Yeah. Like that is always something to keep in the back of your mind and put, put in place early. So at least something is in place in case of an event. Then appropriate management. Like we have the yeah. building there, it's fully managed. You know, we, we only hear about, you know, we get a report middle of the month saying the good, the bad, and the ugly that we used to have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. The toilet blew up. Oh, well. It's funny how things take care of themselves when you just don't pay attention sometimes. Yeah. Like to have the systems in place, no, but, when you, but, 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 but then they just take care of themselves. Listen, good for you. And, and this is such a two-way street. The fact that you're sharing your stories here is so meaningful to us because I know someone's going to listen to this. Like I already know two or three years, someone's going to say, Hey, I listened to Ernest and Rizal. And you know what? I went out to meet them, Portugal. We had a, we had a coffee, coffee. I, I, and I told Ernest, we couldn't take the coffee to go. So we sat down and we, we enjoyed the coffee at the table there. And I think that's kind of really what's important to us that we're all sharing together. Yeah. Right. Cause it was something you learn, you tell it to us, we can share it with someone. We can all learn faster and, and, and it kind of a momentum builds for all of us. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, you didn't have your, you're, you're trying to get back to the beach. You didn't have to uh, sit here and talk about this kind of stuff today. So, oh, so on Facebook. You'll yeah. see the beach. <laughs> yeah. So how do, do you want to share any contact information on Facebook or something, or would you prefer not to, what, what do you want to do? So sorry, repeat that. Repeat, repeat the the name on Facebook. Ernest Furtado. It's, it's exactly as it's printed on the there. screen. And Rizel is R I S E L. Rise L. Cool. Or Rizel. And, and we, we we will we will we will link to both of your Facebook profiles then. So if anyone listening to this wants to check you out and see some of the yeah. pictures, yeah. And stuff. Oh, well, yeah. there's other ways to contact us and stuff like that. You know, we here. It's funny if if you're coming to Europe. You have to have a WhatsApp number, otherwise they, they don't know. What do you mean? You, you can't. Yeah, they don't function without WhatsApp. Everybody Businesses WhatsApp. You know the business. Mm -hmm. What's your WhatsApp number? You have you put your WhatsApp number on your on your business card. You don't you don't put up office or business. It's WhatsApp. So that's how they communicate. You know they're opening up new things. There every day there's a new social whatever some kind of communication. But but that's pretty much it. So you know we're we are available from there on as well. So. And we love helping people. So whatever awesome. support we can awesome. give. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what would life be? You know, we didn't well, I, I turn think, around and say thank you and you know help people. And I think you guys do a great job of that, Tony. You, I mean, for and you know how many people we've referred to you guys along the way. As soon as they say, "Hey, we want to check out this real estate thing," I think oh, you grab you guys grab somebody in a parking lot. I feel one day and yeah. drag yeah. them into our office. Yeah. Yeah. Some lady in a, a Home Depot. Sharon Dubois. Yeah. Sharon. Yeah. She's just started asking us, um, what, are, you what are we doing, doing with all this material? We said, oh, we're renovating. Oh, yeah, I've been thinking about getting into this real estate business. Great. Here, call our friends. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. She did. Yeah. And, and, and it's been like that with some family and some friends. You know, the reason I said that is that, you know, I don't know how you guys do it. But the value you provide for, for the, gosh, man, it's like, you know. Talk about 10x, 1,000x, mm -hmm. you know, what the value you guys provide to, to the members is ridiculous. You know, you guys are giving away and, you know, and obviously you're, you're making a living as well. But, you know, the amount of what you give and, and, and it's not only only about the financial, but it's the love and care that I see you guys provide. I mean, you, go, you guys go above and beyond, like, <laughs> you know, what you guys do to support, you know, and obviously it's, you know, it's obviously supporting yourselves and your family. And, you know, I love, you know, you, Tom, you and Nick have this, this cool thing, especially you, you're always teasing your little your brother. brotherly love. I, I don't have a little brother. I tease all <laughs> everybody else. And so, and so that's great. And, uh, but it's that respect, not only for, at the end of the day, there's a respect to support each other. And, mm -hmm. and that then spills out to every, to us and, and all our membership group and, and we love that and we love that so thank you for what you guys do and uh, and and thank you for like the amount of like, you know we, we love we we go crazy if we you know we know that you guys guys are gonna you know all the information you provide i i have no idea how you do it you you dig up stuff that you know it you should be running for prime minister, man. Canada would be the number one country in the world. <laughs> you know what? I have a, you know, when you get obsessed, I get obsessed about certain topics. So I got obsessed about the economy when I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to figure this stuff out for myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then we just started sharing it. Right. But, no, and, uh, it's, awesome. but it, and yeah. it's awesome. Thank because, you. you know, it's being aware and it's the heads up. 
You know, that's I, all. I, and, and you know what? I, I, I think, Ernest, it comes from what our family went through when I saw how hard my parents worked and then they got caught off guard and it almost cost us everything. And I saw how hard we worked. Like my mom had to cross, um, you know, a, a picket, uh, not a picket fence. I went, there was a strike at some place and, and, and they were taking workers to work there and, and our family needed money and she had to cross that picket line and the abuse that was hurled her way and, 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 and to see her do that out of need out of need to support our family in tough times and to see how hard they've worked and then to get caught off guard with some economic stuff that I just thought this doesn't seem quite right to me that you can work that hard, save your money. Something comes and almost wipes you out and okay, maybe you should have learned better, but then for your savings at the same time to also get decimated. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of this, none of this is right. So to me, a lot of it comes out of principle. I know it's that might sound crazy, but I'm like, this is not right. Yes. Yes. You know, this is not right. But anyway, that's a whole other hour we could talk about. That. So, so I would listen. I want to think we have to wrap up here. Uh, there's some noise in in the, in the you probably can't hear it yet. We're putting up a 16 foot video wall for next week. So there's some noise. Right. Starting to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, thank you so much, guys. We'll have to bring you back on again and give us an update. I can't wait to have a coffee or a glass of wine in person whether it's yeah. somewhere it's somewhere in europe i feel like we're going to be crossing paths well you know we you know we we could use some help opening up croatia so let, let me know when you want to yeah. Have yeah, yeah 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 you never know you never, you never know you never know never. so uh thank you thank you guys really really appreciate this thank you very much thank you, thank you. All the best take care everybody bye hey everyone so hopefully you enjoyed that episode with ernest and rizel Furtado. we will link in the show notes of this episode to their facebook profile so you can track them down on facebook if you want to commute communicate with them they said they're open to that which we are obviously very grateful for and if you are listening to this and you want some real estate investing information for yourself, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com for all of that. That's it for now. Until next time, your life, your terms.